Hello everyone and welcome to episode 411 of MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Rod Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going this fine Monday, Richard? Hey Seth, good morning. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Ah, I am doing well as well. We got some really sweet topics to talk about today, but before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Krim, how are you today? Good to see you. Morning. Uh, good to see you. I'm awake. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. How are you? I, I'm doing wonderfully today. Oh, we're going to be jumping around. We had a bunch of topics to talk about. It was Eternal Weekend. There's some big legacy and vintage news. Lots of complaining about a certain mechanic in those formats. We got Dominary Remastered. The full set got spoiled since last podcast somehow. Hasbro had a fireside chat talking about uh, what's going on with magic from Hasbro's perspective. So we want to touch on that. Some arena news, some secret layer news, and Explorer Anthology was also released. We have so much to talk about, which means we should probably jump right into it. But before we do, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. If you're tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards, well, Card Conduit lets you skip all the typing, all the time, all the effort, all the work. With their curated service, you can send in as many cards as you want, as long as they have a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to put in a little bit of effort on your end, you can use their sorted service, where you list and sort the cards ahead of time and pay just a 2% fee. And no matter which one you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results in a fast payment once your order is processed. And right now, you can even get another 10% off if you head over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. And let's start with, with Legacy. It was Eternal Weekend. This is the biggest Legacy and Vintage Weekend of the entire year. Once a year, everyone gets together and plays these formats, and it's a really, really big deal. I don't know if uh, either of you caught any of the, the streams of these tournaments, but there was one mechanic in specific that was the talk of the weekend, and uh, that is initiative. Somehow, the initiative mechanic from Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate, which Commander players don't even like. I've, I've, I've tried to play this as a Commander, and everyone's like, oh, it's too confusing. I don't want to deal with it. It's apparently kind of like breaking legacy and vintage of all things. Richard, uh, have you seen these decks? What do you what do you think of these initiative decks? Uh, Seth, can you remind me what initiative does? <laughs> oh, my God. So no one, no one really knows except for legacy and vintage players now. But uh, initiative is the, like, sort of monarch sort of dungeon mechanic it's like the monarch where you play things that give you the initiative but then rather than just drawing a card like you would with the monarch you venture through a specific dungeon every turn called the undercity in the same way that you would if you had the monarch so at the beginning of your turn if you're the if you have the initiative you'll venture through it so there's two cards in specific a seasoned dungeoneer a four mana three four that when you etb you get the initiative and then when it attacks some of your creatures get <laughs> some protections based on the part tribes uh, and it also explores in white plume adventure a three minute three three etb you get the initiative and then at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep untap a creature you control and if you have completed a dungeon you untap all the creatures you control so essentially and this is absolutely like blowing my mind that this is a thing these are the big initiative cards but if you look through recent legacy results there's like a common one four flyer that's just etb take the initiative and that's like legitimately showing up as four ofs and legacy decks now like just getting the initiative from your opponent is so important that some horrible horrible cards are seeing play so vintage three of the top eight decks at eternal weekend were initiative decks initiative stompy just trying to turbo through the dungeon and then 
also was like the most popular deck in Legacy. I think three also made the top eight in the Legacy at Eternal Weekend. So what do you what do you guys make of this? There's been a huge amount of complaints in debate over this mechanic. Like some people are like, oh, that's super cool. We're seeing these new cards show up in Magic's most powerful formats. Then you also have people that are like, these cards weren't tested for Legacy. This is a silly commander mechanic that shouldn't be dominating a format like Vintage or Legacy. We don't want this in our formats. Where do you guys come down on on all of this? Is initiative a good or a bad thing for Legacy and Vintage? I mean, 1v1, I guess, like, initiative's pretty decent. I just am surprised that, like, a four-mana, like, like, you know what I mean? This is a four-mana... Three four is doing enough. So, so I I, so, I should so point out that, that part of the reason these cards are very good. If you look at the most popular initiative decks, they're essentially soul land decks where you're playing like four ancient tombs, you're playing four city of traders, you're playing chrome box. So your goal is to kind of like play your first initiative thing on turn one, ideally with your best draw and like start the process. And then the undercity, there's like a very specific path that players tend to take, which is your first initiative, you get to get a basic land out of your deck. The second initiative, you put two plus one plus one counters on a creature, which in commander, that's nothing. But in a 1v1 format, if your turn one three three becomes a five five, that's actually kind of big. And then the next room is target player loses five life, which again, in commander, that's nothing. But in a 1v1 format, that's a quarter of your life. And then it's draw a card. And then it's look at the top 10 creatures, your library, snag a creature from among them, put them on the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters. So that's just like the pathway that people are trying to turbo through repeatedly with these initiative cards and apparently it's like really really good although i think you could argue it's because of the fast mana like anything's broken if you're doing it on turn one right like maybe it's not that initiative's yeah. broken maybe it's chromox and like city of traders and mox whatever that are broken but what, what I, do you know because you could use that fast mana to fast mana into anything right so yeah look at the deck list to see how this actually works it's basically a stacks deck where yeah. you have initiative cards right and like that said you can actually power out the initiative cards really early so you can get your engine going uh it's actually kind of cool uh this this Rich is modern horizons the mono right, white here, right? wait what like <laughs> like the meta is probably fine I, I don't know like what the meta looks like like yeah the, you know there's a lot of mono white here but People are probably just as amused as us, like, oh, the Vano White Initiative. But I think the uproar is your precious blue-based format got turned on its head, right? <laughs> like, like modern, right? Like, I, I would argue that modern is probably actually better off now than it was, like, four years ago or whatever. But four years ago is what we know <laughs> as classic modern, where you have, you know, Jun, Storm, Tron, whatever, right? Like, all your classic archetypes. They all got removed and replaced by Ragavan and Elementals and whatever, and people are not happy about it, even though the gameplay, uh, the gameplay, and is uh, uh, the gameplay is fine and maybe even better. So I think this might be a case of that, right? Like they don't want vintage messed with, right? You want your like, you know, you want to complain about I don't know, like Workshop or whatever. <laughs> you want to play your blue decks and I, I don't know what, right? But you want your metagame as you have understood it for the past like ten years to remain. And uh, here comes Monoite Dungeons Initiative or whatever, <laughs> throwing it on his head and people are not happy about it. it, uh, it like, where do you cast Brainstorm? Where do you cast, like, <laughs> Force of Will? Like, what? 
It is it is funny that for the last like year it's just been people complaining about Delver, like Delver too busted, we need bannings, we need bannings, yeah. and now initiative comes along and apparently just like literally stomps all over Delver and everyone's like, Oh no, no, not like this. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, like that's all that like I, I don't know. I mean this could just be a good thing. It's just a change up, right? Like I, I, I think that's definitely what it is. It just feels like a change up. I I just can't I don't know. I mean in a format where you have all that fast mana and this this is what is upsetting. I I don't know. Is that <laughs> it, it actually it actually gets a little better. So I was watching the tournament on off this weekend and I watched like Monoid Initiative crush Delver and then it goes to the next match and it was Delver versus Jeskai deck. And it ended with the Jeskai player like playing Comet, the the acorn set dog planeswalker. <laughs> and he like rolled a six and ended up rolling like six dice in a row because six lets you re-roll two times. And the Delver player just like scooped it up to <laughs> to the Comet. So it was it was just like I'm imagining this is great for wizards in the new sets. We're seeing initiative take off, we're seeing Comet like make people scoop and legacy, but you also have people that just get really upset about it. Like I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> Although, at the same time, I do think this call, uh, it calls back to the same concerns we sometimes see with modern of just like too much shake up. Some people just don't want their eternal formats to get this shaken up by new cards. Kind of like how some people don't like modern horizons to come along and like, quote unquote, rotate the format because they want their old cards to be playable and all that stuff. I think you see a little bit of that with these cards, too, that even though people get tired of playing Delver every time, when you see some new mechanic come in and just like take over a format as old and as powerful as Legacy, people get a little a little bit, you know, squeamish about it. And like some people just don't really like that aspect of it. (laughs) It's. I'm sorry, Comet? That's just hilarious. So like, <laughs> And he rolled the six. He rolled the six, of course, on camera. Like, oh, my How, God. Who's <laughs> upset that someone just RNG'd you? <laughs> I played oh. so tight, so I mean, specific and meticulously, <laughs> and can, then you rolled some dice. <laughs> can you imagine, though? You're, you're an Eternal player. You play Legacy or Vintage. You could get no games, okay? Eternal Weekend is like the one time of the year. <laughs> Where you can actually play your deck. And, you know, these are like sanctioned. This is sanctioned magic. These are all like real decks, right? These are not uh, proxies or anything, right? So one time of the year, you show up and you're like, oh, feature match. Awesome. And then you get commented. And then you're like, thank you. Thank you, everyone. I'm glad I made my trip out here. (laughs) I mean, is that any... Worse than just lose. That's that's actually just worse than losing to any other win condition, right? I mean, it's, it's like the Olympics. You wait four years, you train your entire life, and you just get RNG'd out the first round. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow, that was a waste of my life. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll we'll see where this uh, this actually ends up in. In Legacy and Vintage, I, I don't think an initiative deck actually won either of the tournaments. There were many in the top eight, but it ended up being, uh, I think, Delver actually won the Legacy event. And I don't remember <laughs> what won Vig- uh, in Vintage, but but yeah, so it was definitely interesting. Uh, and those cards are super expensive on Moto. If there's one take, I don't know if these cards are good or bad for the eternal formats, but I do know that costing like $400 for a playset of these two cards is probably not ideal on Magic Online. So uh, Moto, if you're listening, like up the rate in the treasure chest or something because the prices on these cards are kind of ridiculous right now all right what do you you think about wizards not testing for older formats like (sighs) should it be a thing (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't i don't really 
personally, it, it I I guess what why? Right, like it's I it's tough. It's tough because yeah, like obviously you know it's a it's legacy and vintage. So I just think like this is such a a powerful format. This is like where everything runs wild, right? So unless it's like Oko, you know, like which I think I don't did did Oko get banned? I think Oko got banned, right? In every is, format. Is Oko, is think, Oko legal? Actually, it's, <laughs> we've had so many bannings. I, think he is I banned. don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he is banned. Dude. He is banned, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he's banned. No, he's legal and vintage, banned in legacy. Okay, yeah, it was banned in legacy in 20, 2019, I think. I can't like a while initiative stuff okay. has been played over. Yeah, Oko. <laughs> Oko, Oko is legal and vintage, and and, and seasoned dungeoneer is is dunking on people. Okay, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that that is that big a deal, right? Because I mean, this is like Magic's All Stars, right? This is it, where power but, is legal, like. Fuck, should know? seasoned dungeoneer be be amongst the magic all stars? This new <laughs> yeah. commander precon. Yeah, why like, not? Look like how strong it is. Seth. Like you, you read the abilities on the dungeon. It's like crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, mean yeah. I don't think Wizards cares about legacy or vintage. Honestly, like maybe the tiniest amount, but like I don't think we can expect them to do extensive testing for those formats. I think if you make a whole new mechanic like initiative. Maybe it's worth like running it through a couple games of Legacy and just seeing how it feels and seeing how the numbers on the dungeons look or whatever. I know another complaint's just like you can't interact with the dungeon. Like once it starts, it just keeps going. So it's another one of those mechanics where there's no kind of like energy counters or whatever. There's no there's no interaction. <laughs> there's no like oh can I stop this now once it starts rolling. So that was one of the one of the other complaints. I don't know. Maybe you should be able to destroy a dungeon or something, but. But yeah, I don't think wizards should have to extensively test for those formats. I, I don't think I don't think they would if even if we wanted them to, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, I do think yeah, this is the normal sure. going forward, right? Like, so wizards is continually power creeping creatures. Creatures have so much value, and especially the higher end creatures designed for commander. Like, they come with so much value now, and then you combine that with basically fast mana, the most efficient spells possible. Uh, via legacy and vintage this will just keep happening so next year there'll be another broken creature which people will power out and you're like what uh <laughs> so i i think this will keep happening right we get stronger and stronger creatures like who's gonna play tarmogoy for it i don't know what the last like old creature played in, in vintage or legacy is like you don't play those anymore right you play whatever watsi printed in 2022 as your creature and then you back it up with your uh, you know, your your broken spells from the past and your fast mana. So I think this is the norm. So, I mean, really? someone will probably overtake dungeons or initiative, but it'll probably be another new mechanic from a commander set you don't like. So <laughs> you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, really, the, the play pattern is not that much different than, like, Modern Horizons Modern. Like, the, the new creatures come in from Modern Horizons and they're really good and your old creatures don't see much play. So I think you're right that that's just, like how this era of magic design is and there's probably not much fighting in at this point and even if you could what does it matter like let's say you could stop wizards from printing these creatures you already got initiative in your format you already got modern horizons too in your it's not like those creatures are going to disappear like wizards making different choices in the future doesn't remove seasoned engineer or like ragavan from any of these formats so i guess you just got to embrace it and roll with the punches and make the best of it it is it's probably just jarring because like you know like it's so rare 
that that this much of a changeup happens in like like a changeup happens at all in like these really old formats. So when they happen, it's like whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I, I I can understand the the how how jarring it could be for the changeup. However. I don't know. Yeah, like Richard had mentioned, there's going to be a lot of nonsense coming down the pipeline. So I'm waiting for Black Lotus into like anime season Dungeon or something. Like you know, like you're gonna get like this weird mashup. You're like Black Lotus into Gandalf or something, right? Like it's gonna happen, <laughs> right? Like with these new variants, these new universes beyond whatever. Yeah, we're gonna see it soon enough. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that I mean, that is super, super, super true. So I guess you just got to kind of come to grips with it. <laughs> like, this is where we're at now. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, let's let's move on. We got so many topics to get through today. So that's Legacy and Vintage. That's the initiative. We also got the full Dominary Remastered spoiler since our last podcast. Wizards wasn't planning on doing this spoiler season. I don't think it kind of came up out of the blue and they did it really quickly. Two days for the entire set. It is all reprint, so we're not going to go through and talk about individual spoilers, but I am curious now that we have the whole set, what's your overall perspective on Time or time Spiral Dominaria Remastered? Is this set worth buying? Is it something you're hyped for? The reprints? What, what do you think overall of this set? I, I, I'm sorry. This like if you if you like look at just the mythics, it's like ooh, nice Urza. Really love that uh, Earth holding like RK post art of World Gorger, right? It's really cool, Force of Will. And then you look at the rest of the set, and then I just I'm like, oh man, this is like kind of kind of bad, right? Like I I don't know I I don't think I'll be buying this set. I'm definitely I'll get the singles. I'm glad it exists because maybe it lowers the cost of some of these singles. But uh, other than that, I, I'm mostly just buying the singles for for any of the things I need from this set. Yeah, I mean, you have the, I guess the tutor cycle is the expensive. Shivan uh, Dragon, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> you get old border Shivan Dragon. So you get old border of everything, yep. right? You get some borderless cards. Force of Will is the chase card. And then... You have the the tutor cycle, so vampiric tutor, enlightened tutor, worldly tutor, uh, mystical tutor, etc. And then you have like Urza, Sylvan Library, <laughs> Sarah and, Avatar, and they <laughs> they bump stuff. vampiric tutor up to mythic, which is so weird to me. They have the whole cycle at rare, except for that one, which they jumped bumped up to mythic for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, they have split a... cards on top of that. <laughs> And uh, the land cycles, just buddy lands. I know people were, like, hoping for fetch lands. People were like, oh, this could be a set where they reprint them. And it ended up not a bad cycle. The the enemy buddy lands that originally were from Innistrad came back in Dominaria, I think. But they're definitely not a high-end cycle. I think it's one of those sets where it's going to be super high variance. The top end is there. Like, the Force of Wills there. The Urzas. The Yagmas. There's the, the Tudor cycle. Sylvan Library. There's a really, like, high-end chase cards in this set. But, oh, my God, are there a lot of ball crayers. Like, and a lot of them are, like, not even exciting ball crayers. Like, I can forgive Wizards for printing Shivan Dragon because that's pretty iconic. Or Royal Assassin. Right. Yeah, it's not expensive, but that's, like, an iconic card that should be in this set. But, like, Urza's Blueprints? Like, Urza's Blueprints. Six mana, Echo Six, tap to draw a card. Who, I love drawing cards more than anyone, and I wouldn't play Urza's Blueprints. Like, some of the ball crayers are just, I don't understand what why they would put them it's in flavor, the set. Flavor, Seth. Flavor. Y- Denison uh, yeah, of the I mean, Deep cards. Yeah. Of- <laughs> I mean, they really needed to house. add in, like 
powerhouses like seasoned dungeoneer to the yeah, side to make it sell. <laughs> like, yeah, not enough initiative. Who cares about? Who wait, cares what do you about think about this? this so, so this is Dominaria remastered, right? It's supposed to be like a flavorful walk through Dominaria. I guess yeah. we're not appreciating it. We're just like, give me the high value cards. Well, <laughs> like, it's you, also selling it? for like two eighty a box now, or something. Yeah, so I think because of... it's so expensive, like a master set, I think the value matters at least to some extent. Like the flavor might be fine, but still, if you're gonna ask two hundred eighty dollars a box, you gotta you gotta feel like you're gonna get your money's worth. Like, like with, uh, I mean. Like the only thing that's sweet is the old borders part, right? Like, but h- how how many of those are in a, a pack? So the the old borders are sweet, and I, I got to give a shout out to some of the borderless cards, just because they brought back some some pretty iconic old magic artists that you don't see anymore. There's like No Mercy by Ron Spencer. You have the Tudor Cycle. Oh my goodness, looks so spectacular. It's Richard King Ferguson who hasn't done cards in a while until recently. So they had some really cool twists with like these old artists coming back. So I think that and the old border cards are probably the the big selling point for me out of this set. I think old borders are one per pack, but don't quote me on that. I'd have to double check that that's true. But I think it's when I almost like Time Spire Remastered where you get one of the old borders every pack for sure. I mean, like the old borders are okay, I guess. Like, the, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm also not huge on old borders because sometimes the lands look like artifacts. <laughs> and, and, you know, like it's like, uh, <laughs> uh I th- also, like, uh, some of the full arts are cool. I don't know. I don't know if it's sh- it's something I want for that price tag. That That's the main thing. That price tag is a bit much for for a bunch of, like, wh- whatever cards, right? I, I, unless I'm opening Urza every time or something yeah. or, or Force of Will. I think it's just super yeah. high variance. Like, you open a bad box, you're going to end up losing a ton. You're going to get $100 in cards or something if you miss out on the high-end cards. But if you get the high-end cards, you could get a really good box as well. So I think it's just, like... How much do you like gambling, essentially? Like, if you're okay with taking on that risk, I think the EV is probably decent. It's just, like, super weighted towards these top-end really expensive cards rather than being more, like, consistently distributed throughout the set. Wizards has trained me to look for more, and this set is pretty boring. Like, I think Old Bordered is so overdone now. It's kind of like full art lands. They were cool first, but when every land is a full art land, like, no one cares anymore. But I'm looking for some gimmick. I'm looking for some universes beyond Transformers. <laughs> where's where's my anime? Some anime where's cards? my anime? I'm, don't, I'm looking for don't, anything, don't right? Don't play like, with my heart like that. <laughs> gimmick here. And there's no gimmick. The gimmick is just old border. But we just came off like the commander decks from Dominar, uh, from Brothers War. That's all old border. We've been doing old border forever. Uh, Borderless has been around forever. So I don't know. Like, wouldn't you rather just wait for a secret layer of whatever card you want? Then buy one of these. I mean, I think the old border does work for what they're going for. If this is supposed to be like history and going back through the ages of Dominaria. So I can see why they went that direction. But I also can't blame you for feeling like, oh, we get those every set now. So it's just not as exciting as it used to be. Although, did you see the what do you think the basic lands? So they took the new art, iconic old, old border. border ancient <laughs> lands and just put them back in an old border, essentially. Like old border cards that were reprinted in old border are really odd to me because it's like it already exists. Like this forest already, except for the set symbol, like oh, I could already get that exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. or the yeah, the the Mirage Mountain, my favorite mountain. I love that mountain, but 
why would I get this over the Mirage one? I guess it's cool if you're cracking packs. Like, there's some flavor there, whatever. But I don't know. The the land part is kind of weird to me. Same with, like, Mindstone. Like, why why another old border Mindstone when we already have that exact same Mindstone with the exact same border with the, that already exists from, like, 20 years ago? But, yeah. Anyway, uh, any other any other thoughts on Dominator Remastered? They got to get rid of the set symbol on the old border. It really throws me off. Doesn't it? Yeah. And <laughs> some, we need, like, that these. shooting star thing on the foils. They got to bring that back. That's oh. They do have those, right? Old Wait, borders. I think Old Border Foils all have the shooting star. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. They're, they're way ahead of me then. All right. Next up, we had a Hasbro Fireside chat this week. I don't know if either of you took the time to watch it. It was like 40, it was like 40 minutes. It was the CEO and the uh, CEO of Wizards, I believe. So the CEO of Hasbro and the CEO of Wizards getting some uh, softballs lobbed to them by a friendly reporter type who... Uh, who definitely uh, really liked them a lot. Did did either of you actually watch this and hear hear what they said? I, I need the recap, Seth. All oh, I know yeah. is they had an emergency fireside meeting. Yeah, emergency they just announced fire... it like two days ahead. Yeah, it, it, obviously in response to the Bank of America stuff and the criticism from the community, it was pretty much just like corporate speak of like everything's awesome everything's good there's a couple of interesting tidbits that came out of it wizards basically said player growth stagnated like almost a decade ago and we decided we needed to like segment and start printing all these products for different groups of players and we think it's worked really well like we think that this strategy of like secret layers and products focused on commander products focused on uh, modern these niche formats we think this has worked really well we're going to keep doing this uh and that's basically where we're going and if people are critical of this they just don't understand our business model everything's going the way that we want it to be going they said some stuff that was questionable, like local game stores are doing great and thriving, that people took issue with that because that doesn't line up with what a lot of local game stores have been saying. They also confirmed that they cut back supply of 30th Anniversary Edition based on the outroar from the community. So that kind of backs up the idea that they didn't end up selling as much as they originally had planned uh, and maybe didn't actually sell out of it. The other thing they said, one of the- dollars. <laughs> Yeah, that. Why would they sell out of that? <laughs> the other thing they said is they're not really planning on slowing stuff down. When that came up in specific, the pace of releases, uh, they basically said, well, this fall we had some issues because products got delayed. So we had like one day where multiple products released on the same day, and we know that's not good. So next year, we're going to make sure that things are like spread out more. Although, like, if the problem was supply chain issues beyond their control, I don't know how they could guarantee that anyway, because they didn't intend to have it released that way this year. Uh, but basically, we're going to keep releasing all these products, but we're going to try to make sure that they're they're spread out more and don't get clumped up and lumped all together. So really, it was like 40 minutes of them kind of patting each other on the back and not really saying much of anything. Should we have expected anything different <laughs> with two CEOs you know, like doing this fireside <laughs> chat? Or is that just what we should have expected going into it? Well, they actually dropped something juicy in there. They said player growth stagnated. That is not something companies admit to. That's basically the end of your company, right? So the fact that they openly admitted that and said they have a strategy for it, which is not get more growth, which is extract more money out of our existing user base, is very worrisome, right? Because you know they need to make more money every year. That's the way public companies work. And if they're not getting new players... The only way to get more money is to get more money out of existing players. So, so 
they actually that's not good. This actually came up a little bit, and their take was. They don't want to just keep trying to take more money out of existing players. And for them, stuff like Universes Beyond is going to be how they bring in new players. Okay. They think Universes Beyond super important. They do these crossovers. That's going to bring in new players, and they'll start getting their money rather than just taking all the existing players' money. So that, that I mean, like, that works. We'll see. But I, I, I mean, I see Bear, uh, and also on top of that, <laughs> I, doesn't that? I, I guess that's at least interesting that they're willing to admit that they are just trying to get new players, right? Because yeah. like they they haven't been able to grow the player base since 2014. So yeah, that is kind of a juicy detail. And this kind of again that hot take that we had, I you know that uh that universes beyond might be one of the better things for Magic in in recent years. Let's see if that's true, if it helps, if it gets the new players, right? If it does, it's kind of a good thing. So, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty cool, at least, that they're willing to admit that. Yeah, but it's got to come with low price. You can't, like, get new players to come in and slap them with $1,000. Yeah, that that is. Like, that's what they see, and they're going to run away, right? So, yes, they they come for Gandalf, but they got to stay. They can't just run off after they buy Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. There, there was also a little bit of infer, uh, interesting information on how they view their products, which is they said next year there's six what they call tentpole releases, which are these are the releases that everyone's supposed to care about. That's the four standard sets, Lord of the Rings, and I don't know what the sixth one is. They didn't actually name them off one by one. Maybe something that's not announced yet. And then all the other products are the products they considered opt-in. Those are the, like... You don't have to care about them. We don't expect you to care about them. So that's kind of their strategy is like a few main sets that they expect the whole community to care about. And then everything else, like this product might not be for you. Feel free to opt out of it if you are not interested in it. That makes zero sense. (laughs) First of all, no one plays standard. So why are the standard sets important to us? (laughs) Well, they're commander sets now, but (laughs) we're all commander players, which means every set is theoretically important to us. Yeah. Which that really means is there's going to be a wide range of prices in which you cannot afford these products. Therefore, they you know they don't appeal to you because what else would it be, right? Like every set is for all commander players. So why would you not care about it? It has to be more like gated exclusives or something, right? And I think that's something that people miss sometimes when it comes to the this product is not for you thing. In a world where commander is the most popular format, literally everything is for everyone. And that makes it a lot harder to opt out of. I guess the counter argument is like commander is a casual format. So if you just skip sets now and then, it's not like you're at a competitive disadvantage like you would be in standard or something. But still, every every set is for commander players. So it makes it very hard, I think, for players to to turn that off. I don't think it's as easy as Wizards maybe thinks it is to just ignore some products if you're if you're a commander player, which most people are these days. What do you think about all this, Grim? Any any thoughts? I mean, I guess like that though it's true every set is a commander thing, right? Like like I guess I I'm 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 a, I'm an old magic player. I still play standard. I, I I do care about these sets. I I still look at sixty card sets first before I look at it as a commander set. <laughs> like oh god, <laughs> I'm I'm. Uh, but, but do you buy standard cards, crew? <laughs> for pioneer, for pioneer. 
for Commander. I buy them for Commander, of course. For Pioneer and, and Commander, yeah, of course. But, like, I, I still get excited for the yearly sets, but I don't know. That's a tough spot to be in, right? Like, I personally, if every set is a, a Commander set, right, That that's that's overwhelming. I mean, even... even like, like, I don't know. I think that it, it is overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff coming out right now. Uh, but I guess if I'm playing Commander, I usually just can tune in whenever I want, right? Because it's not like I need these brand new cards right now, right away, because, you know, I have to go to GP Commander, you know, like like tournament mode, right? Like, I can just play this whenever. And in Commander, I can proxy whatever. So I don't really feel the need to care. And if there is something that comes up, like, maybe the reason why I'm able to opt out and tune out is because, like, well, I could just proxy anything that comes out that doesn't, that I don't have or, or whatever. So, I don't know. Like, it, I, I guess it just doesn't matter if there's too much. Like, if there's too much, I've been able to tune stuff out. I mean, I mean maybe so, that's what we got to do. Maybe more people. It's, maybe it's I good. need to learn how to do that. It, but It's not a good thing that we have that much stuff coming out. But, like, you know, like, that's that's just, like, how I've gone into, like like this constant release cycle right yeah so i don't know if you guys experienced so at vegas when we we played a bunch you know we played with our fans we played a lot of random games i didn't know maybe like 30 percent of the cards i saw maybe a little high but like there's a there was like a disproportionately high amount of commander exclusive commanders so i didn't know what they did uh cards that are also new that i never played with or maybe i you know they were like in standard but i was just not familiar with them and then also just like alternate arts of things that I didn't even know if that was a real card or not. And <laughs> it actually made it very hard to play. And you would just essentially tell your opponents, resolve it and tell me what happens and tell me if I'm dead or not. Yeah. But it, like you're kind of not playing Magic anymore because you can't really take the time and read every card and like understand what it does because there's just too many cards. And I do this for a living. <laughs> we go through every spoiler season. We play Commander Clash. Like... Yes, the products are skippable, but if you skip too many, you don't really know what's going on anymore, and it's really hard to play the game. I don't know that's, if you guys experienced this at all, where you're just like, what are these cards, Richard. and <laughs> this thing is in Japanese Mystical Archive, and like, I don't know what the heck this is anymore, and is I, this a real card, or is this a proxy? I don't even know anymore, right? Like, you could have a, you could have a Yu-Gi-Oh deck, and I'd be like, okay, cool, <laughs> what is this? Richard, that, is this that is... My 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 that's my secret. I'm just I never know what's going on. So like like, like whether or not like like I stay up to date. I don't. I still have to read old cards again. <laughs> so I mean, I I kind of just had that experience playing Historic again for the first time in a while and having all the Dude, the Historic's alchemy fun. cards that I haven't like really kept up on like i try to keep up on normal sets but uh, alchemy is like the biggest thing i've just opted out of where i don't even keep track of spoilers so there's definitely cards that people would play and i've just i have i don't know what this does i've never seen this before and it was definitely a weird experience which which is new and i've heard other content creators talking about this recently and people who are uh, like vendors selling cards like my job is to keep up on all the magic cards in between like the amount of cards, the number of styles of cards, and also just like the amount of text on cards these days. I just, I can't do it. Like, no, it's my, this is my job and I literally can't do it anymore. So I think you're not the only one that's experienced. Oh God, our infinity sure. draft was unreal. <laughs> I, I have to reiterate this. This is a room. <clears throat> this was a room full of magic content creators. Okay. And we're trying to draft infinity and there's so much text on every card. 
that we don't bother reading it and we just no. rare draft and draft whatever yeah. colors we've chosen <laughs> and to proceed and we're like i don't know what's going yeah. on i hope this deck works oh there was so much text yeah. but it i mean luckily you just do the crim thing you just draft oh pretty picture right like I, I knew at least off one card i needed robots so i was just like oh so you just look for robot. the art <laughs> yeah it, it's fun as a meme but this take. can't be the, this can't be the regular right like i have to kind of know what i'm playing otherwise yeah what it, am it i does doing make right? it, it does make the game less fun if you if you don't and sometimes if you don't know that because like I think for me, what makes Magic great is it's like such a good strategic game. And that really falls apart if you get to the point where you're just like, I don't know what your cards are doing. Tell me if I'm dead. Like that takes away from the strategy. And like, that's the biggest thing that drew me to Magic to begin with is just like how good the gameplay can be. So I think that is a a realistic risk. I mean, you probably felt like a like a C player just sat down and played against Initiative for the first time. Like that same, what is this? What's a dungeon? Why am I dead now? <laughs> oh, tell me if I'm I dead. I disenchant your dungeon. What? You can't? <laughs> <laughs> Who plays Disenchant in 2022? Get Well, that is the risk of too many cards, I think. So I hope Wizards realizes that we actually like playing our game. And when everything yeah. gets turned upside down and you don't know what half the cards are, you're basically perpetually a beginner. And you're just running around confused, hoping <laughs> hoping to graduate one day. But since the, the, the flow of new products is so high, you're you're just... Never not a beginner, which I think you're always a student of the game, Richard. That's that's just <laughs> Kim, I don't want to learn anything. Okay? <laughs> I just want to smash faces and move on. <laughs> so, something else that someone pointed out recently that kind of connects to this that I think was a very good point is like with all these special printings of cards, there's no consistency. So no one really knows what is good and what's not good because in one set, uh, one set, the most chase card will be like some serialized cards. The next one, it'll be like the neon yellow Hitasugu. There's just like, so you don't know if you open a pack and you get like some really cool art, you oh. don't know like, Oh, is this like an awesome thing that I should be excited about? Or is this one of the really common ones? So I think even that just so many different versions without consistency creates a, a different kind of this overwhelming aspect where people just like, don't know what they should be excited for. Is this good? Is I, I've had that happen where I crack a pack and see some like showcase and I'm like, oh sweet, this has got to be valuable. And I look it up and it's like worth less than the normal printing. I'm like, oh, I guess I guess this wasn't one of the Watsi good ones. Should, so Watsi should print the TCG mid on the card. Yeah, their, yeah, their print target the price. price for the card. Print the price. Yeah, MSR. The ring deck. Like, MSRP. We believe this card is worth this much. It's a it's a Taragavan. We upshifted it to Mega Mythic. Here you go. <laughs> oh, but they don't acknowledge the second hand, the second market. <laughs> Ooh. All right, let's let's move on to some arena news. We got a couple of arena topics to hit up. Uh, if you got 40 minutes that you want to waste, check out the, the Fireside Chat. I think it's on the YouTube now if you want to actually look it up and hear everything firsthand. In the world of arena, we got two big pieces of news. One little one, Wizards this week announced they were getting rid of flag sleeves, essentially. The, the flags that represent specific countries. I don't have strong feelings about this. I'm just curious. They didn't really explain why. They said, we feel that it has impacted some players' ability to enjoy the game, so we're getting rid of them, essentially. Any thoughts on why flag sleeves were impacting players' ability to enjoy the game? I I, I, I didn't know those were impacting the game, to be honest with you. Right? Like, <laughs> All I can think is it's like, 
geopolitical stuff like the whole russia ukraine situation but, like but you can't chat so like how can you I, I i can see like if you could chat and like someone had a certain flag or something then you would start saying like bigoted things or whatever right you know, could, but you can't chat so someone has a flag i'm like okay but like how can they use it to offend you or what can they do exactly so that's the constant, I guess constant they start good game emotes. Yeah, yeah, good game, good game. Emoting, but that's just <laughs> emoting. I love that. Uh, Maybe it's like some people wanted their country's flag, but it was not available. And therefore, they were upset. And then, you know, Wizards doesn't want to add that flag because I don't know how many countries there are, but maybe they're like too lazy to add all the flags in or whatever. Maybe something like that. The other thing I... I heard someone mention i don't know if this is true that maybe it was connected to china in taiwan because of their oh, situation and maybe. there was like a taiwan so, so flag like, and china people, was like yeah. we don't we don't want this like on here and wizards got rid of it for that reason none of this is confirmed it's all just speculation but that it could be, be something like that, like that. that would yeah. make sense where like a country's flag is up for contention or something right where yeah you yeah know what to choose or whether this place is a country or not a country uh so that I guess makes sense. I guess it. I don't see players play with them very often anyway, so maybe it makes sense just to avoid politics altogether. Like, if there's some chance that the flags could be a political thing, maybe. I mean, they did refund people 300 gems for each flag sleeve that they had, so. So, I mean, maybe it's for the best. Like, maybe you just don't need to have the country flags in Arena, but I thought it was interesting. More importantly on Arena, we got Explore Anthology number two, Crim. We got the whole set, 25 cards. Towards the beginning, I saw a lot of complaints about this where people were like, oh, this is a horrible anthology. It's not doing what we need. Now that we see the full thing, how would you how would you grade this? What do you think of this anthology overall as far as helping bring Pioneer to Arena, get Explore into Pioneer mode? It's horrible. <laughs> like, 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 this is, this is, I feel Crim says this every time we do an anthology. <laughs> it I, is I, horrible, though. Like, 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 there's there's just two cards in here that matter: Nykthos and like maybe I don't know, uh, Eidolon, right? Eidolon and Nykthos. Those those are the cards that matter. Otherwise, I mean, do do we? We don't I even am... have Reality Smasher for the for the Eldrazi, <laughs> right? Like, Thought Nazi is pretty cool, but like. I don't know. This this isn't that good, is it? So like you get wastes finally. I'm I think I'm higher on it than most people. I actually think it's pretty solid. I will say I don't really understand all the Eldrazi. Those aren't like really a deck in Pioneer, and I don't know what they're gonna do in Explore. There's no Eldrazi Temple, so I don't know why they decided to add a bunch of random Eldrazi. <laughs> but like Nikos, that's one of the that might be the most important card. Like that's <laughs> such a huge deal. One of the most important cards in Pioneer finally coming to Arena. So Nikos is really good. Mutavault sees a lot of play. I think that's another like good one. Eidolon's yeah. really good, and then there's some like. Archetype specific stuff like Seder Wayfinder in the Grease Fang decks, or like Nylea's presence shows up in the <laughs> Enigmatic Incarnation decks, or Fiery Impulse and Phoenix style decks. So there's there's a bunch of like fringe stuff that like helps to round out some decks. So I thought it was like relatively solid overall. I don't know if I'll yeah I'll probably buy the entire the entire bundle. I think there's enough good stuff in here that it's worth just buying the bundle from the store rather than singles. Will you buy the bundle, Krim? Or are you just gonna pick up like the couple cards you really want? With wild cards. Yeah, I think I would just get it with wild cards. Maybe I get the bundle just because why not? Then I have all the cards available to me. But, like, dude, 
spell queller something you could have brought to the table you have like you have literally like girl decks that could use other like like anything else like i don't know there's i guess fiery impulse isn't the worst thing that was like pretty chill i i, I feel like now now i understand right like i understand why pioneer is gonna take two years to get here <laughs> because <laughs> Because they keep giving me crap like that, that is coming out, and I'm just like, "What is this, dude?" Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. It's it's almost 2023. When did they promise like full pioneer on arena? I think I... they said several years. <laughs> their their promise was just two years seems loose. too fast yeah. for this pace. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not expecting. Well, we do know there's shadows over Innistrad remastered coming in the spring. So hopefully that gets the spell quellers and stuff. So that might be why they left spell queller out of this, just because it's a an Innistrad remastered style card. Sure, but still, sure. like, I guess it depends uh, on what you what you want as far as pacing. If your goal is can we get Pioneer on here as as quickly as possible? Definitely eerie ultimatum, Maldrazi's, even Dispel isn't really a card anyone plays anymore. Which it's spell? just been <laughs> Dis- <laughs> Thank you, Graham. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get you got it. You got to say it every time. Dude. Sorry, but <laughs> but that's just kind of been power creep by uh, by other counter spells in the format. So there's certainly some dud slots in there, but I don't think it's that bad overall. Like they, it's not like uh, they they saved it by releasing Nykthos, I think that was the last card they spoiled, and if that was oh. not Nykthos, I think. There would have been pitchforks all over, but I think Nykthos might have saved it and made it good enough that players are happy with it. I'm happy with it, even though I still... Why do you think they added Eldrazi? Like, what's the upside of adding that Eldrazi? Is it a plant for the future? Eldrazi going to be coming back? Like, Yeah, that... yeah. In the, in, in, they're going to be pirate Eldrazi in Ixalan yeah. too. And... <laughs> Phyrexian Eldrazi. I mean, <clears throat> they're adding it so you have something to play in Explorer. Their, their, their intent is not to make it like Pioneer, right? They're like, well, we'll add Nykthos, and then what are players going to do? Well, we'll make this new archetype that's only available in Explorer, Eldrazi. Because if your intent was to plant for Eldrazi, you need to put the good ones, like Eldrazi, like a Reality Smasher or whatever, right? Like, So even if Eldrazi becomes a deck, it's still incomplete in Explorer compared to the Pioneer version. Yeah. So, they're, I mean, they're just filling out archetypes that they hope you will play in Explorer, while you wait the four years or whatever it takes to get Pioneer. Uh, well, <laughs> essentially, right? Yeah. I guess on the, the, the brighter side of things, as cards getting like keep getting released, you know, in magic sets in current day and year, um, we may not need the cards from uh, yeah. like from the older older sets. So there is an upside. Maybe I am grading this too harsh because if you look at the most played cards maybe rending volley is the only thing missing from all of that and nickthos and i think nickthos should be banned <laughs> so so like them them releasing nickthos into arena also tells me i'm not getting that banning for a while <laughs> i'm actually you just need phyrexia all as one to power creep the format and then all the staples will be in that set, and then, then they, you don't need these old cards. They really just should have printed initiative into Pioneer, and then we wouldn't oh, have to deal with any of this. We we would be all set. We would know what the best thing going is. I will also say, I saw people complaining about, like, Sliver Hive Lord and Kozilek, but I think you got to remember, too, Wizards also wants to support Historic Brawl in these sets. So if they throw in, like, a Sliver Hive Lord as a new Historic Brawl commander... I'm kind of okay with that. Like, it's absolutely useless in Explorer. No one's going to play Sliver Hive Lord Slivers in Explorer, not in a million years. But that's kind of fine, right? Like, it's okay to support these other formats. 
Seth, I, have you not seen Coco Slivers? <laughs> but you don't even play Sliver High Lord, do you? You're not Cocoing into, <laughs> into the High Lord. <laughs> uh, oh, you also need to remember Wizards doesn't want you playing Explorer. <laughs> that's, that's, that's If Explorer was really good, no one would play Standard, and then you have a problem. So all these formats just... You know, need to give you the illusion of choice, but they really want you to play standard and draft. Yeah. So anyway, that's Explore Anthology. It comes out on Thursday. So I'm sure if you go to the YouTube channel uh, or the streams, I'm sure me and Krim will be checking out some of these cards in Explore in the not super distant future. One more one more topic before fish mail. And this one has to do with secret layers. So we got a bunch of secret layers announced, including... Uh, did you did you see all the secret layer drops? Did you see the serial one in specific? That's the one that's <laughs> yeah, the, that's the, the one that's backing? getting <laughs> that's <laughs> the one that's getting the hype. The, there, did you watch the ad for it on YouTube? The ad it is was, so good. It was I oh, love so cringy, ad. but it was actually like pretty well done. It was like intentionally cringy. I, yeah. I thought it was pretty good. I don't agree with the advice that you should be adding milk to your cereal. So I, I on principle, I kind of stand against that part of it. But otherwise, Seth's out here pretty... just adding water. <laughs> yes, <laughs> add nothing. Just add oh, nothing. I forgot about this. Oh, yeah, he yeah. doesn't use fluids. <laughs> no, no fluids on your cereal. Oh, yeah, wait, wait. God, <laughs> your mouth <laughs> so dry, dude. That hurts, Seth. Like I, I'm, the roof of my mouth hurts. <laughs> Are you picking up any of these layer drops? Are you picking up the serial drop? Which I think this is exactly what secret layers should be. Like, I think it's so well done. The back of the cards got like old cereal box puzzles on them. If you remember, like from generic cereal when you're a little kid and have some game on there. Like, they're so perfect for what they were trying to do. Is it enough to get you to buy them, though? Are you going to serial gonna one? Up? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. I am buying the serial one just because the back, the front, and I know 60 card players hate silly art so i want to i want to just play all the silly arts i can so then when i play my cards they're like what is that what is that and i get and i can hear their disdain <laughs> so i i i i bought i want this just for the troll factor and on top of that it, the the serial art is kind of funny it's pretty funny it's, it's cringy i love it i i mean i don't even like play ulamog but now i'm gonna find a reason to play ulamog in 60 cards <laughs> and other than that i i gotta get i i'm still at a crossroads on whether or not i put money towards the full like like full text planeswalkers i love narset i love tezzy i hate nissa so i i don't know if i can uh, do i put the money towards the nissa product is is my big concern <laughs> other than that though i do love that narset like people already play in the narset to this day currently <laughs> what oh, if that narset <laughs> i'm not reading that no one's reading that full text narset not in a million years <laughs> i don't even read the normal version let alone exactly. that one <laughs> i don't play- even read it does this play into what you were saying, though, Richard? Do these versions make Commander less playable? Like, is the is that Ulamog problematic, or is it just a well a well enough known card that in the case of like Ulamog or Narset or something, like you know what it does and it's fine, even it's, if the it's art perfect is... for enfranchised players, and then new players will absolutely have zero idea what's going on, right? Like your Narset <laughs> yeah. looks like a creature or something or an enchantment right your your ulamog looks like an ad token or something that just you left on the table by accident right like the the draft thing you like pull out like how how can you understand anything about the rules so you must be enfranchised and if you're enfranchised 
You probably know what Narset does, and if you were going to play into her, you're probably going to play into her anyway. It doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. what the card is saying, right? So, I mean, I and, think it's really cool, but at the same time, it's impossible for a new player to play with this. And I do think these are targeted at existing players. Like, I would imagine new players aren't really the market for these secret land yeah, drops, but, you, you but they still do club, have to play right? against them. Yeah. yeah, you have to play with them. You're, you're supposed to be welcoming to new players, and you're supposed to help them play the game and you're like welcome let me narset into cryptic command into ulamog or something they're like what the hell's going on like if it was the real cars they'd be confused yo you could play narset and cryptic command and ulamog in the same day my god richard give me the list baby that, that's just like a that's just like it's a fairy ramp deck crim the mono blue to fairy ramp that exists <laughs> well all right remember so when- it, is, it is cool yeah. but i i wish there was like you know what I actually wish? I wish the since we're we're doing it with card backs and apparently they're not important. The front side is like your cool secret layer art. The back side is a standard printing. So uh, if you're playing with a new player, you can just flip it around and it looks like a normal magic card and they can actually understand what's going on. But if they don't need that, you can turn it the other way and have like your cool serial Ulamog. And I think that'd actually be pretty sweet. I mean, but Richard, if you turn over to the Galta, there's a crossword puzzle. Can you imagine <laughs> if your text, your, your, what it does is somewhere in a crossword puzzle, so you actually have to try to... This is how you BM out. people. You're like, you're, you're playing so slow. I'm going to work on <laughs> this word search <laughs> while you're playing. Take your time. <laughs> so the, the other question about these secret layers, and this came from Mark Rosewater... Uh, the, the bonus cards that come with secret layer drops, there's been some debate over whether they should spoil them or whether they should keep them secret until the secret layer drops shipped. Uh, someone was mad that it was spoiled early, even though it wasn't. It was a bummer that it was revealed. So they asked Mark, uh, asked Mark Rosewater and he said they got feedback that most people want them ahead of time before they order. What do you think? Would you rather get a surprise? What's the card? Is it Jace? I actually don't even know what the card is. It is a serial. I, I mean, don't know what the card right? is. Because that could be the card I buy the lair for. Like, if it was actually right. a card I played, but I would totally buy this. But then, is it a bonus card if you if it's just part of the lair drop? So essentially, we wouldn't have a bonus card then, right? That, that's just a marketing. It's like 20% <sighs> more on your cereal box or whatever, right? That's just the normal size now, guys. It's been 20% more for like 20 years. Right? So That's just a marketing <laughs> tactic. You're buying three <laughs> cards plus a bonus card. It might be my slot machine brain, but I will say, back when they were sending out, like, the stained glass planeswalkers, yeah. I had it in the back of my mind that, like, maybe I should buy a lair drop that I don't even want, because it might have a really sweet bonus card with it. <laughs> so, I, maybe there's some upside there be, with people not knowing, because some of the recent ones have been kind of, like, duds. Like, oh, it's another the command slivers? tower. Oh, it's another waste or whatever. Like, oh, come on. Like, we got a million of those. Compared to, like, a stained glass teferi or whatever so i don't know maybe there's some upside to keeping it secret i think i would rather have it be a secret i don't know if that's apparently i'm in the minority based on what mark rosewater said but i I also like the secret part of it because yeah it just felt like oh cool except for every time i would kind of just open a doo-doo water kind of like card anyways (laughs) but like i i what they, whatever they're doing i don't care like to be honest with you i don't care if you you tell me what it is or don't tell me what it is can you just make it not so pringled up? It is so <laughs> curled, dude. Like, it's we, always we, we need the actual Pringles secret layer. <laughs> yeah, like, that'll be ironically the one the where it's the blacks, <laughs> right? But, like, legitimately, they send these cards, and I'm super excited. 
and it's so like pringled up. It's absurd. Don't buy foils. It's always foil. You can't choose. <laughs> you know there's going to be a, another option like $30 non-foil, $40 foil, or $50 for non-pringled foil. Like that's that's probably where this ends up. <laughs> I mean like like is is there the December Super Drop? Like I don't know if you also know this, but if you spend $200 on the December Super Drop, you receive a DJing Scarab God and I want that art so bad. I I was going to ask you, that was the last thing I wanted to ask you guys about. So this layer drop, Krim just mentioned it, 200 bucks you get a DJing Scarab God. However, the downside is there's no real discount bundle. It's like literally a dollar if you buy all of them at once. <laughs> Usually there's a pretty big discount if you buy the all the bundles is one thing. This time there's no discount, essentially. Did so the d- discount is the Scarab God. Like they're looking at that as your, your discount. Would you rather get a cool Scarab God or would you rather get like 50 bucks off your <laughs> buying the full bundle or something? I just, Wait, I just want you to look God? look look at the the secret layer website. It has two hundred and sixty nine dollars and ninety one cents with a slash through it, and then it's two hundred sixty eight ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, it's like a ninety cent discount or something. <laughs> it's, it's like the Black Friday deals where they yeah. just cross it out and they put it up as the original. The same number, yeah. But I mean, like, DJing Scarab God is sick, dude. Like, that card is pretty sweet. He's like, got I- sunglasses and an air. <laughs> like, dude, please, Magic, put this as an emote on Arena. I'm already crowd surfing the Karn. What is crowd, like, Karn crowd surfing to? What is he crowd surfing to? He, he needs now the Scarab God tunes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would spend. So, so what do you think that makes the Scarab God cost? Like if I were to buy it tomorrow from TCG Player, would mm. it be like two hundred and fifty bucks, or would it just be an additional like fifty dollars or something like that? So Scarab God's what like thirty ish dollars yeah. right now for the cheapest printing. Yeah. I bet it's like sixty bucks or something. I bet it's like expensive, but I don't think it's gonna. Hopefully, it's not two hundred dollars. I guess it depends on how many people actually spend two hundred dollars. Maybe they're gonna be really scarce. I don't know how people interact with secret layers like. Do a lot of people just like, oh, I'm going to snag the cereal one because that's cool. And none of those people are going to get Scarab God. So if not many people actually buy big bundles of that, maybe there's not that many in existence and that'll make it more expensive. But I would guess it's expensive, but not absurdly expensive. Right. Because if I want, because like the concern here is like, okay, if this Scarab, because I really want the Scarab God, but I don't want the rest of this drop. Uh, I I only want the cereal and, and the, the Planeswalker one. Unfortunately, as hyped as I was for the Transformers stuff, the cards that they're on aren't that great. And like they're they're kind of like like I like the Fabricate with Megatron and the Dramatic Reversal and that's about it. So there's not enough here to make me want to spend 200 plus dollars. <laughs> I would rather just buy the Scarab God. But like it the best part is where the is. It says DJ. And I <laughs> I need DJ Scarab God, dude. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you understand. This is not a a want. This is a need. (laughs) So there's there's one copy for sale on eBay right now. It's a hundred bucks. Buy it now. So that's that's the current price that I can see is a hundred dollars for for DJ Scarab God. (laughs) Thank you. If you called it the Scarab God, that'd be incorrect. This is DJ Scarab God. Uh, Now, so so then if you think about that, if it's thirty dollars, I think it'll be okay. I think it's kind of ugly. What? 
dude. Okay, I mean, it, it's not. It's pretty wild, dude. Come on. It is pretty. It's pretty wild and like trippy. It's like pretty unique. I don't think it appeals as widely. So I actually think it, you might actually be able to get away with getting it at a reasonable ish price. Yeah, because like I'm only spending maybe like sixty bucks on secret layers this time around, right? So the let's just say then you subtract that from what. It's, so it's two sixty eight ninety nine. Oh, and uh, so that that's like so I would have to spend another two hundred eight dollars to to or like another x amount of dollars to get this. With the money I'm saving, I could probably just get the Scarab God, right? Yeah, see, it seems like I think it's one of those things where if you were getting one hundred and fifty dollars worth of secret layers, maybe you're like, oh, I might as well get a couple more, get over two hundred dollars, get the Scarab God. But if you're only getting sixty dollars worth probably better just buying it on the secondary market although i do like the art like for me the stuff that looks like old music posters are some of my favorite secret layers yeah, like i also really movie like posters. the the like fungal one is one of my favorite drops out of this one that has just like the it looks like 70s like or 60s psychedelic rock band poster art almost like that that's one of my favorite drops so i like the the dj scarab got art quite a bit even though it is pretty far out there what about you, Richard? I, <laughs> you buying secret layers? Any of them? No. 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 I, I like the serial one, but like they're unplayable cards. Why would I? <laughs> what am I going to do with this? They, they yeah. need to print staples. Like I always sigh when there's like another soul ring or something or like an arcane signet. But you can play that in every deck. So maybe I actually like those as secret <laughs> layers as opposed to this Ulamog, which I'll buy and then never play ever again like what am i getting like galta i guess i could play as my commander so it's in the a, command zone a tally but... a tally is fine in red decks it's not that bad <sighs> yeah not a not a fan <laughs> i mean it's okay but i'd rather just i just buy these and put them in like binder but, yeah just to have them but there's too many of them now right like i can't keep buying every secret layer i like because i know there's gonna be another one next week of like some artist i like or whatever so now i just appreciate it take a st- Right click, save it, save it on my <laughs> my pictures folder. <laughs> Take a look at it when I want. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> Hope I play with Crim so I can see all the blinged out cards in real life. And then, uh, that's it. <laughs> blinged out cards? No, dude. All I want is DJ Scarab. Who can afford to drop two hundred fifty dollars every time they do a secret layer thing? Right? It's happening like every week now. I yeah. Can't, I, I can't keep up. <laughs> Did you just say you have a collection of pictures of magic cards and that's like your collection? You, know, you don't collection? remember back, back in like uh, back in the 90s or whatever, like you would preciously save pictures on your computer and yeah. have a pictures folder? Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. <laughs> because data was so precious and you would just open it and look at it. Just that's where we're at with Magic yeah. the Gathering cards. I can't afford all the promos. I just, I just look at MTG previews and be like, ah, yes, remember that, Ulamog. <laughs> On that note, I think that that brings us to the end of today's podcast. No fish mail today, but there's good news on the fish mail front. Uh, We're going to be doing a full-on fish mailbag podcast in the next couple of weeks. There's a post up in the YouTube, uh, in the community tab. There's also one on my Twitter. Also, uh, we'll probably tweet it from the Goldfish account at some point. So if you have questions, get them in because we're going to dedicate a full cast to your fish mail questions over the holiday season. Uh, on that note, though, any other thoughts on the way out the door, anyone? Or, uh, or is that it for today? All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 411 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Graham, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about 
Phyraxia spoilers and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out. Bye.